Welcome back to The Disco, the FDA's drug information soundcast in clinical oncology from the Oncology Center of Excellence. During our soundcasts, we discuss recent FDA approvals of cancer drugs and therapies. We hope this information will help you in better understanding these approvals and how new drugs and therapies are benefiting cancer patients. Today, we'll be discussing the recent approval of cabozantinib for the treatment of patients with hepatocellular carcinoma who progressed following systemic therapy. I'm Dr. Sanjeev Bala, a medical oncologist and clinical team leader at the FDA, and I'm joined by my colleague, Dr. Abhi Nair, also a medical oncologist at the Oncology Center of Excellence. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Patients with hepatocellular carcinoma that has progressed following initial systemic therapy have a median survival of less than one year, despite the availability of three drugs to use in this setting, namely regorafenib, nivolumab, and pembrolizumab. Clearly, treatment of refractory hepatocellular carcinoma is an unmet medical need. Cabozantinib is an oral inhibitor of the CMET and VEGFR2 tyrosine kinases, as well as several others, and was initially approved for the treatment of patients with medullary thyroid cancer in 2012 and patients with advanced renal carcinoma in 2016. The current approval is for the treatment of patients with hepatocellular carcinoma who have been previously treated with serafinib. The recommended dose is 60 mg orally once daily. Of note, this approval is for the cabometics tablets, not the cometric capsules used to treat medullary thyroid cancer at a different dosage regimen. Cabosantinib received often drug designation from FDA during development and has now received regular approval for this indication. Sanjeev, tell us about the trial and endpoints. Cabozantinib was evaluated in the Celestial trial, a double-blind trial in 707 patients with hepatocellular carcinoma previously treated with serafinib, who were randomized 2 to 1 to cabozantinib 60 mg orally once daily or placebo. These patients also had ChildPU class A liver impairment, right? That's right, Abby. And they were stratified on the study by disease etiology, that is, hepatitis B and or hepatitis C versus hepatitis C alone versus other etiology. Additional stratification factors included geographic region with categories Asia versus other regions and presence of extrahepatic spread and or microvascular invasion. And this trial used overall survival as the primary endpoint, which strengthens the interpretability of these results. Additional endpoints included progression-free survival and objective response rate with investigator assessments every eight weeks. Of the patients enrolled, the median age was 64 years, 82% were male, 56% were white, and 34% were Asian. As far as the etiology of their HCC, 38% were attributed to hepatitis B virus infection, 21% were associated with hepatitis C infection, and 40% had other etiologies. 27% of patients also had two prior systemic therapies. Okay, now let's hear the trial results. The median overall survival for patients treated with cabozantinib was 10.2 months, while it was 8 months for those receiving placebo. Median progression-free survival was 5.2 months for patients on the treatment arm and 1.9 months on the placebo arm. The overall response rate was 4% for the treatment arm and 0.4% on the placebo arm. Sanjeev, how about a rundown of the most important safety signals in the trial? Cabozantinib has been on the market since 2012. As compared with patients receiving placebo, patients with hepatocellular carcinoma receiving cabozantinib on the celestial trial had more hepatotoxicity. Elevated transaminases occurred more commonly in patients with hepatocellular carcinoma receiving cabozantinib as compared to the renal cell carcinoma and medullary thyroid cancer indications, which is not unexpected given the underlying disease. The observed hepatotoxicity was largely controlled via dose modifications. The most common adverse reactions were diarrhea, fatigue, decreased appetite, palmar plantar erythrodysesthesia, nausea, hypertension, and vomiting. Practitioners will recognize these symptoms as common to many tyrosine kinase inhibitors. There are some additional rare, more serious toxicities, including osteonecrosis of the jaw, fistula, and reversible posterior leukoencephalopathy. What about dose reductions and discontinuations? 
Doses were reduced for 62% of patients, and 33% of patients required dose reduction to 20 mg daily from the starting dose of 60 mg daily. These were generally prompted by palmar plantar erythrodysesthesia, diarrhea, fatigue, and increased aspartate aminotransferase, or AST. Detailed safety information is available on the product label. Why don't you give us the three takeaways for this disco? Number one, cabozantinib was recently approved for the treatment of patients with advanced hepatocellular carcinoma following treatment with serafinib. Number two, the clinical trial that led to approval demonstrated an overall survival advantage. And number three, safety on this trial was generally similar to prior studies with diarrhea, fatigue, and decreased appetite occurring most commonly. You can find more detailed prescribing and safety information in the approved prescribing information also on the web at Drugs at FDA. For a transcript of this soundcast, visit the FDA Oncology Center of Excellence DISCO website at fda.gov DISCO. The FDA analysis and review were conducted by a multidisciplinary team of FDA experts. More information can be found on the FDA website. Thank you, Sanjeev. Are there other FDA Oncology drug approvals that you would like to hear about? Leave us your questions and comments on Twitter at FDA Oncology. And as always, we welcome your feedback at our email address, fdaoncology at fda.hhs.gov. I'm Abby Nair, and thank you for tuning into the Disco today. And until next time at the Disco, I'm Sanjeev Bala.